Work is broken. And so is the way you think about it. Host Lori Rudiman is picking up the pieces so you can take control of your career, put yourself first, and be your own HR. With the Let's Fix Work podcast, here's Lori. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. I'm Lori Rudiman. On today's show, we're going to rebrand the podcast and call it Lori Rudiman Has Something to Say. (laughs) I mean, I always have something to say, and it's usually about how terrible humanity is. But today, I want to talk about the three types of human resources professionals. My friend, Chris Dunn, wrote a book called The Nine Faces of HR, and I promise you I'm going to have him on as a guest. He's been incredibly busy. I'm not busy. I'm just sitting here in my robe and my pajamas, you know, with my feet up and my cats around me. But that poor guy is busy and in demand. And his book is awesome. So go ahead and check out Nine Faces of HR. And I'm going to have a link in the show notes. I love the book. I love the framework. What Chris has done is he's broken up the world of HR into nine personas and he's mapped them to the old school nine box grid. It's a really great book for personal development, for professional development, for self-leadership, and to understand who you are and what you have to offer and where you could go in your career in the world of human resources. I feel like nine personae, personas, (laughs) however you say it, is really interesting. And I've been a fan of this model for years. And I'm so excited that Chris finally wrote this book. And I love it. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. I think there are three types of HR professionals. The first is somebody who loves the Society of Human Resource Management. Like they're all in. They love it. They're excited. This is it, man. They're involved at the global level, the national level, the local level. They are all in on SHRM. The second persona is the opposite, right? They hate the Society of Human Resource Management and they're going to tell you. They're either actively voicing their concerns online or they just say things like, oh man, SHRM is so lame. It's the ghetto which is a terrible, terrible thing to say. It's the ghetto of HR. Like who who says that? But people say that. Or they say things like, I used to be involved in SHRM, but it provided no value, so I'm out. Like that is a legitimate persona in the world of human resources. The third type of HR professional is like, who dat? (laughs) They don't know anything about SHRM. Or they're so far removed in their career that they're just not paying attention. So let's talk about the first persona, the person who absolutely loves SHRM. They are all in. They're just passionate about it. They feel like the sun rises and sets based on that organization. So they're involved maybe at the global level. They've done some traveling or speaking on behalf of SHRM. Or they go to the national conference every year and they're super excited about getting their swag or meeting their friends, going out and getting their drink on. And this year, the conference is in San Diego. And I love San Diego. So I'm even thinking about going just so Ken, my husband, is like, you're not taking a vacation without me. I can be like, no, 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 honey. It's legit. It's Sherm. But I think there is a place for people in this world who absolutely need to belong and need to find people who are like-minded. And they find it in the world of the Society of Human Resource Management. They love Johnny Taylor. They love Steve Brown. They love Mary Kaler. They love everything about this organization. They're on webinars and webcasts. They're going to their local chapter and meeting new people. They're excited about the state conference. They feel like when they go to the state conference, they finally belong. How lovely is that? I mean, let's think about that for a moment. How absolutely fantastic is it to know who you are in the world, to maybe you don't love your day in, day out job, but to love your profession and to really feel like HR makes a difference through an organization like the Society 
of human resource management. I think that's beautiful. I think that's actually very elegant. And I'm jealous of those people. Like I wish I had a group of friends, of colleagues who just felt loved and included and really felt like they were on a mission to change the world. The second group of people, man, they hate Sherm and they're going to tell you every chance they get. So I hate to throw out a name. I mean, you heard my podcast episode with Victorio Milian about the challenges around the Society of Human Resource Management. And if you haven't, I would encourage you to go listen to that. But why not go follow my friend, Mary Faulkner? I'm sorry, Mary. I will have you on the podcast and we can talk about you and your beliefs, but I'm going to put you up as like a straw man because you're a great straw man, straw woman here. Mary Faulkner is on the internet talking about how she feels about Sherm often. And it's not positive. You know, in her eyes, and again, I'm just summarizing it here, Sherm has let their membership down. Moreover, because they're partnering with the Trump administration on legislation, on policy, they're traitors. I mean, maybe that's strong, but they're just absolutely abhorrent. And you know what? I don't disagree with her at all. Because everything the Trump administration touches is trash. I mean, think about foreign policy. Think about domestic policy. Think about some of the rules that are being rewritten at HHS around public housing. Think about Mike Pence telling women that he can't be alone in a room with them unless someone else is present. I mean, what do we believe in as a country? Do we believe in immigrants or do we put kids in cages? Do we believe in the power of women and leadership and pay equity? Or do we believe that women might potentially be sluts if they're in a room with other men. Like, it's crappy. And it's so crappy that the Society of Human Resource Management aligns itself in any way with the executive branch of this government. You don't need to be cozy with Donald Trump to influence policy. All you need to do is write him a check and go down to Mar-a-Lago. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Once I see the leaders of SHRM down at Mar-a-Lago, I'll be like, oh, yeah, they're finally getting it. Maybe that's smart. But right now they're just like hanging out with them in D.C. and there's no power in D.C. anymore. So in that way, I do agree with Mary Faulkner. Like, man, what are they doing? What are they doing? Furthermore, I have some friends who work at SHRM. And what they tell me is that the world's largest HR management association doesn't do HR very well. Like they're a business just like everybody else. And there are long-term employees who have fallen behind on pay and on visibility and on equity, right? They just don't feel like their voice matters. And that's really any organization in our capitalist society. New people come in, they get paid more and they're paid attention to more. And then those new people become old people and eventually they leave. Except there are a lot of long-term, long-timers at SHRM and they're still there. And they do need better HR within SHRM. I don't know what to tell y'all. I mean, keep fighting the good fight. Go look for work. I mean, I, I really don't know what to tell you, but you're stuck. And so in that way, there are people out there who dislike Sherm, and I think it's legit. One final note, there are people out there who really don't like the fact that I go out to state conferences and talk and they think I can do better than that. But here's the deal with that, yo. I can't do better because it's pretty great when a state conference calls me up and says, we want to pay you your full fee. We want you to come in. We're not going to censor you. We're not going to have an opinion on what you have to say. We want you to be provocative. We want you to touch the hearts and the minds of our membership. And we don't care if they agree with you or disagree with you. We just want them to walk out a little smarter. Like I know some of those state conferences are hokey. I know even I make fun of the swag and 
some of the things that happen. And I know local people are getting their freak on and making poor choices. And someone's getting pregnant and someone's getting an STD and all that kind of stuff that happens at a conference. But guess what? It's happening at the national conference as well. And it's happening at every event everywhere because again, human beings are terrible. I just worked it in. Human beings are terrible. So to recap, the second type of HR professional hates SHRM, hates everything about it. And, you know, it's hard to argue with that. There's some reasons why they're right. There's some reasons why they're wrong, but they are definitely a persona. The third type of HR professional is like, I don't know anything about SHRM. I'm busy. My CEO is a pervert or my CEO has big ideas that are unrealistic and I've got all sorts of stuff going on. I've got to pay attention to automation, digitization, transformation, change management, government policy. Like I'm busy. I don't have time for this. And by the way, I really do want to make the lives of workers better. And that's cool. Like that is a legitimate persona. They just don't have time for SHRM. The interesting thing is that SHRM really wants those people to be members. They are chasing them. They've created programming. They are like, gimme, gimme, gimme a VP. Gimme, gimme, gimme someone with a good title. And I think they do that to the detriment of the existing members and future members who are business partners, generalist managers, and directors. The cost of acquiring a member at a VP level has got to be three to four times, if not more, than acquiring an HR business partner. And yet, Sherm thinks that's the future of the organization. And you know what? Maybe it is because more and more, the people who are doing the day in, day out work of human resources are being automated. We've talked about that in previous episodes of Let's Fix Work. You know, you can get a human resources manager for 99 bucks a month. Why would Sherm chase that person to be a member? The tricky thing is they're not honest about it, right? They're like, oh, we love our business partners. We love our payroll managers and payroll processors. And I mean, they do. They offer content for that. But secretly behind the scenes, they really want those high-powered individuals who are sitting at the right-hand seat of the paternalistic CEO and are wearing tailored clothing and working on iPads. And I don't know. I mean, this is a persona that definitely exists, but I don't know why you chase it. I think the way SHRM can be relevant for all three categories, for all three personae, is to put out big ideas, bold ideas about the future of work. Now, they've got some Twitter chats. They've kind of ridden this bandwagon that some people have started about fixing work, but they're not really fixing work. They're kind of biased to the status quo and say, no, 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 but our status quo is good. But yet secretly, they don't believe the status quo is good because they're going after those executive members. I mean, it is a mess over at SHRM. But y'all, I like challenges. I like them a lot. And I think there's some challenges here that we can all be interested in facing together. Number one, if you work in human resources, wherever you are, you can love SHRM. You can hate SHRM. You don't have to have an opinion on SHRM. But if you work in human resources, you have to love HR. I mean, you have to love it. You have to be like me. You have to begrudgingly love it. You, you, <laughs> if you're just like, want to shake it and throttle it and change it, you, you just have to embrace it for what it is and say, this is a function that's going through a lot of change. And with that comes a lot of opportunity to set the course of the future of the world of work. So maybe Sherm is relevant to you and maybe it isn't wherever you fall in that persona scheme, but you have to love human resources. The second thing, whether you love SHRM, hate SHRM, or it's not relevant to you, is that you've got to develop a network of people who know how to play the game, 
who hate to play the game and also who are interested in rethinking the game. Like you've got to develop a diverse network of different ways of thinking. And I think wherever you fall, sometimes it's easy to fall into that echo chamber where you either hate Sherm, you love it, or you think, oh, it's not even relevant for me. All of it is true. Sometimes Sherm sucks. Sometimes it's great. And sometimes it isn't relevant. But you know what? It's important to develop interesting, diverse points of view about the future of work so that you can interact with all different groups, all different categories, and also have a provocative and interesting opinion of your own. Finally, wherever you fall in the spectrum of human resources, wherever you fall in the nine faces or the three faces, and please, I don't mean to steal your thunder, Chris. I'm not going to try to create the three faces of HR. Although it reminds me of like Ben Stiller in Something About Mary, where there's like eight minute abs and the guy's like seven minute abs. <laughs> like I'm going to create the three faces of HR. But anyway, wherever you fall in this, I think it's really important to remember you need friends outside of human resources. Like it's okay to love your job, to think about your job, but it's also okay to be professionally detached, to have hobbies, to have interests outside the world of work, outside of what you do from nine to five or eight to four or even eight to eight. Like you need something else in your life. You need to go into your community. You need to hang out with your family. You need friends because those experiences outside of the world of work they're going to make you a better HR professional. People are terrible. People are horrible. But as Brene Brown says, we need people. <laughs> we, ah, we need people. It's terrible. I hate needing people, but we do. We need to fall in love with our friends. We need to fall in love with our community. We need to fall in love with our neighbors and our family in order to take all of that experience as good, bad, indifferent and bring it into the world of work and be able to see the humanity in our colleagues, to see the humanity in our clients. So if you're always thinking about human resources, if you're always thinking about your job, you're doing life wrong wherever you fall in the nine faces. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Let's Fix Work, also known as Lori Has an Opinion. If you like what you hear or you have any feedback, hit me up at hello at letsfixwork.com. This episode of Let's Fix Work was recorded in Raleigh, North Carolina in my J. Jill pajamas. <laughs> I got a robe, wearing it, looking great. And it's produced by Danny Osmet at Emerald City Productions, as always. Got to give a shout out to Mike and everybody else behind the scenes who supports Let's Fix Work. I mean, they're great. They work fast. I don't. So I really appreciate them. And that's all for this week's episode of Let's Fix Work. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you come back next week. We'll see you next time on Let's Fix Work. If you're ready to make a real change in your workplace, start today by number one, subscribing to Let's Fix Work on the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes or Stitcher or Android or wherever you listen. Number two, write a five-star rating and review. And number three, share it with a friend, colleague, or coworker who you think would enjoy our episodes.